let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. If you believe in Jesus, you will trust Him, and you'll do the things He says to do. When you have this kind of faith, He saves you from the punishment that comes from doing wrong. Verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. You will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh Zion, 
Behold your God. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, but they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Sheep are so helpless. I guess that's why a shepherd loves his flock and takes care of them so carefully. If I'd let them, they'd graze and without looking fall right over that cliff. Come, this way, my flock. This way. Little Pinky's in trouble. I'll be right there, Pinky. Oh, I wouldn't leave you here. I heard you cry. I'll always hear my sheep when my sheep are in trouble. I will always come to help them. There now. Everything is all right. Boy, you know, it's been a long time since we've had a good meal. Why don't we go down into the village tonight and pick us up a toothsome treat? Good idea. What do you have in mind? Well, how does roasted lamb sound? Sounds delicious. Do you know where to pick one up? Oh, there's several sheepfolds around. This is good grazing country. Fine. Now let's nap under this tree until dark. And the shepherd calleth his sheep. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. But he that entereth not by the door, the same is a thief and a robber. And a stranger will the sheep not follow, for they know not his voice. This is a likely-looking place. Should be some nice sheep in here. Now see, if you step up on this rock, you can get over into that sheepfold easily, grab a nice lamb, hand him to me, and... Why crawl over the fence? Uh, there's a gate over on the other side. We could open the gate and drive out two or three, and then we could feast for a couple of weeks. No, no, wrong on two counts, boy. In the first place, a shepherd leads his sheep. He never drives them. Second, that gate is much too close to the place where the shepherd is sleeping. He might hear you. If you say so. Say, there's some beauties there. Shh, 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 be quiet. Now grab one, hand him to me, climb back over the fence, and run. Oh, I can hardly wait. My mouth is watering already. 
my beauties. You're all here. It seems, let me be sure. One, two, three. Yes, everything is fine. Now go back to sleep. <sighs> I didn't do so good, did I? Uh, what made all the sheep get so scared so suddenly? They heard your voice, silly boy. And the sheep knew that that voice did not belong to their shepherd. <sighs> Jesus said... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. A lion, in love will I protect my sheep. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. And there was a great division among the people. He hath a devil and is mad. Yes, so why do you listen to him? He speaks not as one who hath a devil. And a devil? Open the eyes of the blind. Why do you make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. I told you and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because ye are not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Did you hear that? Yeah. He claims that he and God are one. Oh, yes. That is blasphemy, yes. worthy of immediate death. Pick up stones all yes. of you. Yes. If I do not the works of my Father, Believe me not, but if I do, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. He is a blasphemer. Stone him, as the law of Moses commands. I will throw the stone. Where is he? He was like this. He's disappeared. continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Fruit smoothie. Want one? Sure. You're home early. Well, I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, must be important. Have you, have you ever had a prayer that wasn't answered? Nope, not one. You mean you got everything you asked for? Thankfully, no. Well, wait, I don't understand. When I pray, I tell God what I want. I tell him about my problems, about work, about you. About everything that's on my heart, trust me, I get very detailed, telling him exactly what I think he should do. Then he does it. Wait, I'm not finished. At the end of my prayer, I add one very important part. After I've laid out what I think is best for me, I add what Jesus told his disciples to include in every prayer. Right before I say Amen, I say, "Thy will be done." Thy will be done. What's that mean? It means, my sweet daughter, that I'm perfectly willing for God to make the final decisions for me. I'm willing to let Him decide whether what I just asked for will actually make my life better. I'm willing to allow Him to look into my future and see if my choices will be good for me and for those I love. Then and only then do I say Amen. Oh, I get it. Then, even if God says no, that's an answer to your prayer. Exactly. I figure God is a lot smarter than I am. His no is just as valuable to me as his yes. Hmm, that makes sense. By the way, great smoothie, Mom. Thanks. 
This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Invincible Courage by Rachel Whitaker Cabose. 13-year-old Mary Andrews sighed as she trudged up a snow-covered street in La Coudre, Switzerland. The big lake below the town looked cold and gray, not sparkling and beautiful as it had been in the fall when she'd arrived with her father and her older brother Charles. This isn't what I thought it would be like to be a missionary, she thought, shifting her market basket to her other arm. She had imagined big tent meetings followed by joyful baptisms. Instead, she spent endless hours memorizing French verbs, cooking, and cleaning. If only Mother were here, she thought, we could do the housework together. 
but her mother had died two years earlier before the Andrews family had been chosen as the first official Seventh-day Adventist mission team to work outside North America. Blinking back tears, Mary hurried toward the bakery. As usual, the shop had no nutritious whole grain bread like her mother used to make. She couldn't even find whole wheat flour. White bread would have to do. Eyeing the meager pile of Swiss francs in her purse, she turned toward the produce stands. Her father's instruction rang in her ears, buy only the cheapest things you can find. We need to save as much money as possible for the tracts we want to print to share the Adventist message. When she finished shopping, Mary glanced up at the tall clock tower. Almost five o'clock. If I don't hurry, I'll miss my chance to speak English. Mary, Charles, and their father had made an agreement. To force themselves to learn French, they would talk in English for only one hour per day, from five o'clock until six o'clock in the evening. Mary rushed up the steps to their apartment. What did you get at the market? 17-year-old Charles asked eagerly. I wanted to get some apples, but they were too expensive, Mary burst out. But I did find this cabbage. I think I can make soup with it. Charles eyed the small green head. At least it'll be a change from potatoes, he said, forcing half a smile. The good thing is, Mary rushed on, eager to express herself in her native language, one of the shopkeepers asked me some questions, and I understood almost everything she said. That's wonderful, Charles encouraged her. I understand people better, too, now that we've been here a few months. I wish father were home, Mary lamented. It's been so lonely these past few weeks without him. I hope his visit to those Sabbath keepers in Prussia is going well. Maybe we'll get a letter from him soon, Charles said. Let's say another prayer for him before dinner. When their father, Pastor Jan Andrews, returned from his trip, he enthusiastically described a group of 46 people who were keeping the Sabbath. When I told them that there are thousands of Seventh-day Adventists in America, they had tears in their eyes, he told his children. Pastor Andrews paced the floor as he spoke. If only we had our tracts printed. We need to produce them in French and German and Italian. There are so many people to reach. We'll learn French as fast as we can. Mary and Charles promised, then we can do more outreach. With the help of a translator, the Andrews family published six tracts in French over the next year. A new missionary couple, Pastor and Mrs. Bordeaux, helped them conduct evangelistic meetings in a nearby town. Mary had the joy of seeing one of their new friends, a college teacher named Mr. Offrank, baptized. Mr. Offrank had to quit his job to keep the Sabbath. When the Andrews and Bordeaux families moved to Basel, Switzerland, the Offrank family came too. Your father wants me to help with a new magazine he plans to produce, Professor Offrank explained to Mary. He'll write most of the articles, and I'll translate them into French. And you'll have a job too, Pastor Andrews smiled at his teenage daughter. After we're finished, you can check the articles carefully to make sure there are no mistakes. But I'm not that good at French, Mary protested. I make far more mistakes than Monsieur Offrank. Nonsense, the professor exclaimed. You speak French as well as any French girl. Mary blushed and shook her head, but she determined to do her best. Sure enough, she found a few misspelled words and several missing punctuation marks. You've learned our language well, Professor Alfrank beamed as he checked her work. When the magazines came back from the printer, Mary surveyed the pile proudly. Le signe des temps, they said on the cover. The signs of the times. Now many more people can hear about Jesus soon coming, Mary exclaimed. But her work wasn't finished. She and Charles spent hours folding the magazines and getting them ready to mail. Then they had to start the next issue. Soon the missionaries heard from people who were reading the magazine. Listen to this letter. 
Pastor Andrews announced, his eyes sparkling through his small round glasses. It's from a Dr. Ripton in Italy. He got our magazine from a friend, and now he's decided to keep the Sabbath. Praise God! With Mary working long hours on the magazine, it was a good thing the family had hired a maid. Unfortunately, she was the worst cook they'd ever met. Besides, there was still never enough money to fill the cupboards and print the next issue of the magazine. One Sabbath, their father awoke with a high fever and a sharp pain in his chest. Should I call the doctor? Charles asked. No, Pastor Andrews commanded. But as the day wore on and his breathing grew more labored, he finally agreed. When the doctor saw their father's bony frame, he gasped. This man's almost starved to death, he cried. Pastor Andrews lay sick for weeks. News of his illness traveled to America, where church members and leaders became alarmed. They quickly raised $10,000 to send overseas. Ellen White even sold a silk dress someone had given her and gave the $50 for the Andrews family. The church also sent three new missionaries to help, Maud Sisley and William and Jenny Ings. Maud and Mr. Ings helped with the magazine, but Mrs. Ings took over a crucial mission field, the kitchen. Soon, she was cooking nutritious meals to keep the growing team well-fed. Then it was Mary's turn to get sick. Each day, her cough grew worse, and she stayed in bed a little longer. I'm worried she might have consumption, Mrs. Ings whispered to Mary's father. I fear it, too, Pastor Andrews said, his brow furrowed in concern. Consumption, or tuberculosis, killed many young people at the time. I'm going back to the United States soon for the 1878 General Conference session. I've decided to take Mary with me. Maybe the doctors at the Adventist Sanitarium in Battle Creek can help her. As Mary rested aboard the ship on her way to America, she tried not to worry about the future. She knew her health condition was serious. Will I ever come back to Switzerland, she wondered. What will Father and Charles do without me? Who will check the magazine for errors? When she felt well enough to sit up, she sometimes took out the autograph book that her friends had made and sent to her in Europe. She reread the encouraging messages that each person had written. One woman, Mrs. Haskell, had quoted Mark 14:8. She hath done what she could. Mrs. Haskell had added, Ever so live, my dear Mary, that this testimony may be borne to thee when Jesus comes, and it is enough. Mary thought back over what she had accomplished during the past four years. Her father had always said she was a great help in their work, but she wished she could have done more. Only a few people had been baptized, and there were so many others who needed to hear God's truth. Lord, I have done what I could, she prayed silently. I know that's all you ask. Thank you for making it enough. Epilogue Mary Andrews died two months later at the age of 17. Ellen White wrote a comforting letter to Mary's father. I saw the life giver come, and your wife and children come forth from their graves with immortal splendor, she wrote. Pastor Andrews, Pastor Andrews praised Mary's invincible courage, patience, faith, and hope. He challenged other young people to rise up and take her place in God's work. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This 
podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.